you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. I certainly hope this broadcast finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. With me, just inches away, Kevin Robb. Kevin, tell us about your day, brother. Man, this day started with a bang. I just woke up with lots of uh, uh, just communication to to answer, but but really, I said, I can't do, I can't talk to people until I talk to my God. So, amen. And I can't do that till I really hear from Him. So, I'm a Bible reader before a, mm. uh, a God speaker. So, glory. I heard from God, then I had some stuff to say to Him, and then, then man. Yeah, that's good stuff, brother. And that's the kind of day we all need. We just need to zero into God. I was listening to Chronicles this morning. Old Solomon died. And, uh, you know, there's so much going on in the Word of God. To me, it's like this ongoing uh, movie. You know, I'm sitting there reading, I'm listening, and and uh, I, I was I was so focused this morning on the kings of Israel, and, and boy, I'm glad that the Bible uh, chose to write about men and women who are sinners, you know, who are messed up, and how God used them, because we're all a bunch of sinners. I made the comment last week that, you know, Kevin and I are fine with people listening to this broadcast. As, as long as you're a sinner, you get to listen. We, we don't mm-hmm. want any perfect human beings listening mm. to us, and we still get eight eight and a half billion people in this world who have a possibility of listening to us. So today, as we move forward, a couple quick things. Remember, September 11th through September 15th, Camp Joy, Wisconsin, Wounded Spirits Conference. Get out there. Special music, God's word, learning how to help folks with PTSD, learning how to help ourselves, growing from God's word, hopping in, being all in. Get out there. It's beautiful. It's right there on uh, uh, Whitewater <coughs> Lake. You want to make sure you come out. Whitewater, Wisconsin is where we're at. Uh, today's words of the day are going to be self-retrospective, and we're going to hop in them, but First, we got to get to the fourth graders. Uh oh. And when I did that, my screen went blank. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Uh oh. I say that it went blank and then it came back on and then it went blank again. You know, you got to, those fourth grade jokes are hard to come by. I'm not going to lie to you. And uh, all right, here we go. Here we go. And uh, where was Solomon's temple located? So that's the riddle for today. Where was Solomon's temple located? That's a riddle. Yeah. Um, on um mount zion mount um on jerusalem uh, you said it um goodness gracious do we give him a clue i think we give him a clue yeah give me a clue oh on um uh, solomon's oh on his on solomon's head <laughs> on the side of his head yeah his temple. Man, that's where it's at. Hey, let's get there. Oh, Kevin's one for two right now. <laughs> so I'm feeling pretty good about that. So we've been talking about self-retrospective. So a lot of these are buzzwords in society, aren't they? And the idea about being retrospective is looking over things you've done in your life and, and, and spitting out the bad and grabbing a hold of the good. And when we think of self-retrospective in the eyes of God, we really examine ourselves, see what's sinful, what's good, we do we need to move forward we don't hop 
harp on them. We don't hang out there. None of us are ever going to stand judgment for another sin once we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. He's got those past, present, and future sins. And we don't run around and sin to the opposite. God does great things uh, because we realize that. But we know that this retrospective is this idea, again, buzzwords from today. I, I listened to a job interview on YouTube the other day, and, and the manager said, how do you find yourself in time alone with self-retrospective? Uh, the guy didn't do a very good job answering it, but I'll tell you, a godly person will say, well, in 2 Corinthians 13, the Bible tells me to examine myself, whether I be in the faith, prove your own selves, know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. And so the word of God is pretty clear there. We have this examination process, and, and we know we examine ourselves before we do the Lord's Supper. And, and, and Kevin, we know those wonderful words, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us. So we're retrospectively looking at ourselves, Brother Kevin, and we're doing that to know where we messed up and sinned and, and giving that to God. Yeah. Boy, the psalmist does self-retrospection, and he does it in a godly way, and that's the you know, that's the paradigm shift when you become a born-again believer. <laughs> you can go to God and say, Lord, let's have a, let's do an eval here and show me. And I've, I don't know if you've ever done this. I've done it where I've sat down on a chair years ago, pulled a chair up across from me, and I said, Lord, let's talk. I'm talking to you like you're right here because you are right here. And what do you think about this last sprint that I did, you know, as far as uh, this this project, this message that I preach, just whatever. And it's good to be, you know, have a a godly self uh, retrospective. You know, on one hand, I'm my own worst critic. And and I can second guess myself till I'm blue in the face. And the devil can condemn and speak just condemnatory things, just like Nehemiah. Nehemiah just, you know, he's trying to get something done. There's lots of rubbish as he builds the wall. The next thing you know, up shows show Sambalat, Tobiah, Geshem the Arabian, and they're saying, look, if a fox goes up on this wall, it's going to break down. What do these feeble Jews do? You know, there's just so many things speaking to you about what you're accomplishing or you have accomplished. You need to learn with God's help, like Doug, you were saying, to to look at it with accurate, accurate retrospection and say, well, this is what's been accomplished this is what we need to work on better for the next time. If you have to, if you talk to yourself in a negative way, which we can all do, write down the pros and the cons. Two columns. This is what went well. This is what did not go well. I'm retrospectively looking, and you say, God, you're in the seat across from me or whatever. Thank you for the pros. May, I, may we keep this? And on the and this, by the way, is a good way to have a team meeting. And on the cons, this is what went. I think we can do better next time. And and have that coach. And by the way, if you need a genuine coach to help you, if you are so stinking in your thinking that you cannot successfully do this without without giving up, then 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 call one of us up. You know, just get get a hold of someone. Go to your pastor, someone, a brother in Christ, someone in your church who 
can talk to you and and give you a little bit of cheerleading. You, he's, you can't have someone hold your hand all the way through, but boy, you can you can help get over the stinking thinking and do some good yeah. self-retrospect. So, the psalmist says in 119, Kevin's getting ready to sing us a verse of a great song here, but uh, in Psalm 119, <clears throat> the psalmist says in verse number 59, I thought on my ways and turned my feet into thy testimonies. One of the things we used to do in the army is we'd all get together and we'd have this evaluation, you know, after we did a mission or something, you know, what went well, what went great, what stunk. And I remember one day we were having this meeting and I was asking those questions of my men, what went great, what went well, what stunk. And one of my men spoke up and said, Bill stunk. (laughs) That guy must have ate beans or something. It was a terrible mission. I never forgot that, but listen, You know, turn your feet into a testimony when what God shows you from Psalm 119.59. Go ahead, Kevin, and uh, because he lives, verse 1, right? Yeah, this gives us the proper retrospect. God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. He bled and died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. Praise him. We're in the book of John, chapter 8, going through the life of Christ. Thank you, Kevin. And uh, we're starting in verse number 41. And the Bible says, going through 47, and the Bible says, You do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, We be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, ye love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my word, ye are of the father, the devil. In the lust of your father, ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for a liar in the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. Which of you convinceth me of your sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's word. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God." Here we go again with Christ is saying, listen, it's about who you're part of. You know, if you're part of the team, you know what's going on. If you're outside, folks, if you're outside the team meeting, you're not in the right place. Hang with us for a second. We'll be right back. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. So the Jews keep sitting there talking to Christ and they're telling him, we're not a fornication. We're not of this. We're not of that. 
Mm-hmm. And and God, you know, Christ is standing right in front of him, and he's emphasizing, if you really belong to God, you'd be with me. You know, you guys are missing the point. I I think you have the wrong father. I think you're looking in the wrong direction. And uh, he's telling them, you're looking in the wrong direction. You don't have this right. You can sit there and say, we have Father Abraham. We are this. We are that. And and folks, can I tell you, if when we say what our belief system is, if we if it Jesus Christ doesn't come out in the first two words, something is totally wrong. Mm. We're in the wrong place. We're more messed up than a soup sandwich. And he's telling them, you guys need to understand God's word. And it depends on the condition of your heart. You need to have a receptive heart. You need to be following God. It's not about this arrogant, uh, benevolent, man, I'm I, Father Abraham's opening the door when I get to heaven. I'm mm. covered. You know, I get to drink out of a certain well. I get to hang out with certain people. You know, I don't eat any pork. Does any of that sound familiar to you folks? Uh, Has anyone ever given you a hundred reasons why they're spiritual? That's what the Jews are doing Mm. here. They're bringing up all, hey, I I don't do fornication. You know, I'm not going down to the strip club. Mm -hmm. I'm not clicking on Google and looking up naked girls or boys. I'm Mm. not doing those things. And and God's saying, you're not even getting God's word. It's never been about you. It's not about you. It's never been about you. It's never going to be about you. This has nothing nothing to do with you. This is about you accepting uh, me as your Lord and Savior. And and again, he's highlighting that there's a spiritual paternity within God, and we know that. We know there was a virgin birth. We know that there was a lady that never knew a man that got pregnant and, and carried this child, 100% man, 100% God, and allowed him to come onto earth. And And uh, he's talking about that paternity and the difference. These, these folks want to constantly tell them about their paternity. Well, in some way, you know, you want to talk about genealogy reports. These Jews used to carry hundreds of pages, and they would try to figure out how they went back to Abraham. You would not find a good, rich Jewish family who didn't have people out there going through genealogical records and trying to figure out how these people were somehow uh, hooked to Abraham. And then you got Jesus who's saying, well, that's cool that you hooked to Abraham, uh, but I'm the son. There's the father and there's the son, and I'm his son. That's where my paternity comes from, and uh, that's where I come from. So, folks, when we start dealing with what we are, what we believe, and those people want to come up and give us a 100 reasons why they're self-righteous, why they're spiritual, the things that they did, just stop. Stop listening and talk about your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Boy, that's a very, very good stuff there, brother. You know, when I was in Salt Lake City not not long ago, not long before you, you were there uh, afterwards as well. There was um, there were several people that said because of their Mormon upbringing, they've got PTSD because of the pressure to perform or to justify themselves. You know, moving it away from religion, anyone that's born into a situation or raised in a situation or mentored in a situation where you've got to justify yourself. It's, it's, there's some kind of a pecking order, and that was the case in that religion. But this, this situation that we're looking at in the book of John is the Jews were ingrained in this idea, we are the best, we have to justify ourselves. So when Jesus comes along, uproots all that and makes it that they might just be the servant of sin, what in the world? We're sinners. And they, they sure enough, just like you said, Doug, they come back at it with their pedigree, spiritual pedigree. <clears throat> and, um, you know, Jesus did not play along with that. And, uh, you know, 
there comes a time, and I talked, I think it was yesterday, about the, the line of approach when you're dealing with sinners. You come at them from the standpoint, they are, they are slaves to sin. They, they're victims. They need to be freed. Let's come at it, first of all, that they are... That, that, that they can't do anything about it. They need, they need help. Then once they say, no, I'm in here, I'm in prison, and I, I, I deny that it's a prison, I'm in denial, and, I, and I'm used to it. This is the way I was raised. I'm, I'm justified in, in the way I live. Then we take a stand. I remember I worked a job. I worked for the state of Pennsylvania at one point back when my first child was born. I was working in this office, and <clears throat> the... Um, the head, uh, the, the not the head of the office. Head of the office was a great gal, but the 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 lead person in my in my little crew. We handled student loans. The lead person in that crew um, was a self justifying religious person, <laughs> and she was a funny gal. If you, uh, she was an Irish Catholic. She was just as funny as could be, but um, <clears throat> she knew that. And I was assistant pastor at the time, just gotten out of Bible school, and she she knew that there was a, a guy on the block, a new kid on the block, who lived for God, and you know, and, and I wasn't gonna you know tell the dirty jokes that other people do, but you know, I, I tried to be upbeat and keep a merry heart. And anyway, she just every once in a while she'd say, "Oh, I'm so religious," you know, she would just blurt that out in a funny way. I'm so religious, I can't believe how religious I am. It was partly to justify herself, <clears throat> and this kind of. <clears throat> Excuse me, I, it, um, the allergies here. But after a while, it it became evident to me, and I just said, "Lord, give me something to say about this." That <laughs> she's not so religious after all. And she said, "You know, we would process these student loans." And at one point, she said, "I'm so religious." And then probably five minutes later, she said, "You know, by the time I die, I want to do two things. I want to go to Lake Tahoe, and I, and I want to commit adultery with Gordon Lightfoot." <laughs> <laughs> Now that's a goal. <laughs> and uh, I just blurted out before I even knew it. I said, real religious, aren't you there? Her name was Ro. Real religious, aren't you, Ro? And just kind of chuckled a little bit. But you could tell she the light had come on a little bit. And she's like, ooh, I guess there is a little bit of evidence there against my uh, being Miss, you know, Miss Religious Perfect. But uh, she was a great gal. She stood up for me in some things. And but um, as far as that, we had another knucklehead there who was an ungodly guy. But but anyway, God just uh, over and over gives us wisdom how to you know offset the uh, people who are justifying themselves and then you know trying to bring you down or trying to bring God down to their level. And uh, Jesus wisely used that. And he said, "Let me just tell you something." Um, you're of your father, the devil. So there's a point where he let fly where they really stood. And I think there are times when we need to take that stand and say, let me just tell you something. This is of Satan. This is not of God. And you need to wake up. Wow. And, you know, we need, we do need to wake up. And uh, even today, you know, not only the Jews, who constantly I go back in my mind and realize that I have an individual walk with God that I'm accountable for. And, and we all do. 
And, and folks, what we do with that walk is, uh, is telling, it's telling to our family. It's telling to our friends. It's, you know, some of us are coming out of stuff. We're in big, deep ditches right now. And people have done us wrong and people, Hey, listen, we could, Kevin and I could fill a room of knuckleheads right now, just Mm -hmm. telling stories. But the story we want to tell you about is Christ. And we want to tell you, there's a very deceptive nature of sin. And there's Christ telling these Jewish people, you're not getting this. You're being deceived. It's not about what Abraham can do for you. You need a God. You're a sinner. You need a a sacrifice. No longer is the lamb good enough. No longer is killing an animal and animal blood good enough. You need to do this. You got to have faith in Jesus as truth. Remember the truth will set you free. That's where we find the truth. We saw Mm. truth again in these verses and we need to hear words, God's word. We need to hear it and we need to heed it. We need to listen Mm. to it and, and we need to zero in on it, folks. And and so if we get any lessons at all today, the lessons are, once again, it's it's kind of simple, but it's kind of great, too. And the sadness here is the Jews continue to dece- deceive themselves and not accept Christ in many cases. And what are we doing with our lives? Even those of us who've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, have we turned that into action? Is our testimony at our feet, like we were talking about out of Psalm 119, have we turned our feet into a testimony for God? And folks, that's what we need to be today. We need to be those people. Let's take the practical side of this and realize that we now need to be those people. We need to make a difference. Trust God believe in God, step out for God. We sure do love you. Know this today. Know we're praying for you. We're championing for you. But even better than that, Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, is at the right hand of our Father, and uh, he's there for you. Hey, we look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.